G'day everyone, it's Thursday, September 8, Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio, a very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening, stacks of Champions League on this morning, Liverpool trailing Napoli in Italy, 2-0 in uh, 36 minutes gone in that match this morning, Rangers have lost 4-0 to Ajax as well, we've got Phil Moss coming up. Later this morning, Nick Kyrgios out of the US Open yesterday, beaten by Karen Kachanov, the Russian in five sets. Devastating loss for the Aussie. Uh, Took it out on his racket, or a couple of rackets, in fact. What about during the match, there was a bloke in the stands getting his hair cut or just shaved as well. What's going on there? But anyway, Pup, morning to you, mate. Morning, boys. Morning to our listeners. Can't believe Nicky Boy continued to play with the zzzz of the Clippers. I thought he would have, you know, stopped play and got them both kicked out. And yeah, there you go. Some YouTube dude. How are you getting, what's he shaving? Surely you can't get the hair clippers in. How, how do you get that into the yeah, venue? Yeah, don't know. So you can't take... Well, they kicked, yeah. Can't they kicked take him an out. extra t shirt, but you can take some hair clippers. <laughs> Unbelievable. Like, they kicked him out? Well, does Kyrgios just bring out all the crazies? Don't know. Is that, is that what happens over there when he plays? Yeah, well, he, he played beautifully, Kyrgios. He got done, but I think he can hold his head high in regards to the way he played. Um, feel sorry for those two rackets. He smoked those, didn't he? He, he but, didn't miss them. Yeah, oh, you could see up. his disappointment after after the game. I can't remember the lady's name from from Channel Nine. I saw her interview. Um, Amelia Adams, I think it is, who's over there. Um, and you could see he was just absolutely devastated. Uh, I think he accepted that you know it just wasn't good enough, or he got outplayed on the day, which was you know nice to hear out of Nick's mouth. But I think he was just. I think he thought this is this was his chance, you know. This everything had fallen into place. He was fit. He was playing great tennis. He was confident, but yeah, uh, unfortunately, not to be uh, for Nick. But I think in regards to the way he played, he can certainly hold his head high. Loza, morning, mate. Morning, boys. How are we? Good. You're wearing jeans today. What's doing? Is it jeans oh, for jeans day today? No, just oh. a little bit cold. What day really? is today? Cold, it's yeah. there's something today. Thursday. No, I know that, but it's like it's uh, what month are we in? September. September. October. Dry July, there's something today. Sleepy September. Sleepy, <laughs> sleepy something Thursday. Like that, yeah, there's, there's something. Is it Red Nose Week? There's I'll something. There's I'll something this month. Is. I know yeah, that. It's it. Are You Okay Day. Ah, there you go. Yes, See? thank you, Jono, for reminding me. By are the way. you okay? There you go. Are you okay day? I knew. Are it. you okay? Uh, I'm. Yeah, I think. I think so. Are you Can okay, you ask me? Give me half an I'm hour. Great. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah I'm, I'm all good. I go in and out. Yep. Right now. Yeah, I'm okay. You sound like you're on a high. I'm yeah. looking down. You've only got white shoes I, on. You haven't got the red shoes? No, I got the white. I just knew it was some... I, there you go. I knew it was some sort of day. Are, Are you, you okay? okay? All right. Well, we should be sending out text messages or ringing people to Are see you, okay? you know my only mates or your family or your friends to see if they're okay. You know my only thing Can I give you a challenge today before you go on? Sure, sure. I want you to do it to five people. Done. I want you to do it to I'll five people. I'll do it to five before I, I get off the show. Five people. I'll do it to five before I get off the show. Right. Just on this though, are you okay? I love it. I love it. But what do I do because I don't have expertise in this field. If somebody comes back and says, you know what, Michael? No, I'm not. I'm really struggling. So apart from being a mate yep. and saying, you know what? I'm here for you, anything you yep. need. But my fear with things like this is it's okay to ask the question, but be ready for the answer. Yep. 
And you know what the answer needs to be? Tell me. I need to catch up, pass on numbers of people that can help you. Okay. And also be there for them if they need someone to talk to. Easy. So it's that. it's if they if they're not okay, just say to them, right out, let's go and catch up. Yeah. Let's we'll find someone that slip, can help you. And we'll find someone to okay. help you. And if they need help straight away and you can't get to them, yep. provide a number for them to reach out for someone. And I think the number... Well, well Lifeline's 13, Lifeline. 11, 14. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Have that, have that ready to go. I think these days are important, really important for men. Yes. You know, I think we have this conversation around mental health regularly that women seem to be really comfortable talking to each other. And I think we've come a long way, dudes, but I still think... Um, Again, like it's not hard to throw someone a text message or pick up the phone, is it? No. And, and it, it, days like today, I reckon it. As much as some people might think, yeah, whatever, I haven't got time or whatever it is, you'd rather do it now yeah. than it be too late or find out it's too late because you, you know that information or that feedback is extremely difficult to deal with. So I agree with you. Well, I reckon we pull. send the challenge. I reckon we yeah. send the challenge to everyone today. Five each. At least five people. And yeah, I, don't, I like it. I like it. And see whether you can catch up if they if they they are struggling, and also have that number ready in case you cannot get to see them, mm. and you can pass on that information because people are very important in our lives. People that are part of our friendship group or part of our family, and we need to be checking in on them all the time. And it's great that we are able to to share it now because yeah, mm. twenty thirty years ago, ten years ago possibly, if you ring up and someone. Yeah, wasn't yeah. feeling okay. You'd say, mate, chin up, you'll be right. Yeah. And I think that has changed a lot. Definitely. In 10 years. Too many tragedies going around at the moment. Oh, mate. Too many. So it is a great message today. Are you okay, Dave? Uh, now, Loz, Foxy Cleopatra. Um, Graham's texting, hey, Loz, is Fox, Foxy Cleopatra okay? Tracks off six, barrier four. Is she running now? We are salivating at the prospect of your soon-to-be Oaks winner yes. making her debut. Will it be today? Well, I'll tell you what, what I need. I'll tell you what I need to do, boys. I haven't actually looked and um, opened up my email from T Bus, so I'll do that in the six o'clock news. I was Can we out call last him night. at six o five? I'd, I'd like to speak to him. I've got a few questions. Being, you have a few questions. Being the hard-hitting you know, journalist questions. No, or just no, just random. Being the horse lover I am. Yep. And with all my experience, yep. I just got a few, few tough ones yeah. I'd like to put to him. I, I, I'm assuming she will be running, Mitter. I'm Love assuming it. she will be running today. Come on, if, Fox. If, if the track is a soft six, is that which, good enough for her? Right? Oh, perfect. Conditions. No bindies. Perfect we don't want bindies. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to have a. I don't want her with a bindi and a foot. Would never hear the end of it. Was there anything worse? Oh, mate. See what was worse actually. One day I remember um, I was about to go to swimming lessons in Cute Out, ten minutes from where I grew up. Uh, Trot on a brown snake. That wasn't cool. No, I'll take bindis over. And you know they say you should say stay still. (laughs) Please, you're running. (laughs) High tailed. Yeah, fair enough. I'm going one way. Dad's going the other with the poly pipe. Yeah, not cool. Anyway, $4.60 for Foxy Cleopatra uh, in race two at Bendigo. Am I getting on her? Today. Is she worth a couple of dollars? Well, someone told us it's a hot maiden yesterday place on the text Place for a line. place? Yeah, place she'll be finishing off. What's that mean? 
Off what? Off the track? No, she'll she'll get back and sort of run on. Is she coming top three or not? Well, she's drawn an inside pole, I think. Mate, I don't want an excuse. Is she coming yeah. top three? Am I making a bit of coin? Oh, I'd hold your money. Don't have a bet? Don't have a bet today. Did that just come out of your mouth? Yeah. Really? Yep. Jeez, okay. As I said to you, this Michael, is the next week. Wait for the signal. Liverpool okay. are getting slaughtered in Naples. Oh, what a shame. Slaughtered. <laughs> what a shame. Mate, there's an absolute story in the Premier League as well. Thomas Tuchel of Chelsea was sacked last night, our time. Sacked. He won the Champions what? League 16 months ago. Chelsea, I uh, can't wait to speak to Mossy this morning. So much going on in football. So Chelsea, yes, so they've got new owners because Roman Abramovich essentially had to cede control of the club and sell due to the Russian invasion of the Ukraine and the uh, sanctions that uh, the British government put on a lot of Russian oligarchs and businessmen operating there in the UK. So uh, the new owners, American owners, Todd Bowley, who has a 20% stake in the Los Angeles Dodgers and other clubs over there in the States and uh, sporting and uh, wagering interests as well over there in the States. So not he's given um, Tuchel all this money. They've gone and made nine signings, spent four hundred and sixty million Australian in Ouch. the in the transfer market, and then after a loss to Dinamo Zagreb uh, in the Champions League yesterday, and they've lost two games to start their season in the Premier League as yeah, well. They're currently sixth position, won three games, drawn one, and lost two. Sack the manager. That's how Massive. brutal is that? That yeah. is brutal. He mustn't have been getting on with the owners. 100%. He's done something wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. the owner's just gone, nah, don't like this, you're yeah. out. Yeah. He's either yeah. complained about wanting more money or... He can't complain about wanting more money, the <laughs> amount he got. Well, something's gone on because mm. you just don't sack your coach when they're currently, you know, sitting where they are in the EPL and they've only lost that one Champions League game. Mm. Granted, they should have won that though. Oh, Champions Leagues, and there's no easy matches in the Champions League as we're seeing at the moment. This is just, I mean, Napoli's a very good club, but oh, Liverpool. Yeah, but they're still going to go through, aren't they? Well, it's match day one. There's only six matches in the Champions League. And then you, you've got to finish top two in your group. Yeah, to top go two through. in your group. They should be finishing top two in the group. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, they should. But long way to go, Loz. Yeah. Uh, and John uh, from Wingham. Uh, on the text line, g'day, Loz, Papa Mido, are you okay? Mental health is paramount. Reach out and touch somebody. Great show, fellas. Keep up your good work. Uh, regards, one of your biggest fans. Good on you, John. Yeah, it is a very important message today. Are you okay day? The second Thursday in September is are you okay day mm. each year. And Loz, that number again, lifeline? 13, 11, 14. That's but, the number you should be calling if you're doing it tough. But as Loz has done this morning... He's given us all a challenge to reach out today. Touch base with how many people? Lost? Five people. If you text, want, to, if you text want... fine, or you want call. Well, text then call follow up if if someone is struggling. Yeah. Okay, okay. No, I think that's the key. Yeah, like it. I think it's mm-hmm. a little goal we set ourselves, boys. Five people today. Okay, minimum. Mm. Like it. And I think our listeners should be doing the same thing. So it's a little goal for everyone today. See if you can reach out to five people just to check in, say good day, and see how everyone's going. Love it, Loz. Uh, back page of the Daily Telegraph. Well, his back end front page sort of everywhere today. Nick bows out with a grand slam. And there he is smashing his racket just after he went and shook hands with the chair umpire uh, yesterday after that five-set defeat to Kachanov 
uh, on the back page of the Herald, same picture, heartbroken, oh, the back page, sorry, of the Australian, heartbroken Kyrgios bows out. I was thinking yesterday as I watched the end of this game, uh, by the way, on uh, it went, it must have gone late because it edged in on nine gem, it edged into the young and the restless and nearly got to Antiques Roadshow uh, when you press the info button on, on that station. But uh, I, I couldn't help but feel I think this might be Kyrgios's Greg Norman Masters 96 moment. Not as far as a choke's concerned, but just I. such was the opportunity for him to win a major with Nadal out. Obviously, Djokovic is not there. I just worry, and he's at the peak of his powers form-wise, no doubt, got to the final at Wimbledon, had a great year. I, I, I'm not convinced he can get back to the top of the tree to contend right at the business end of a major tournament. You... He just looked, and, and I think he knew it. I think this reaction we're seeing with the pictures on the back page of the papers and just how despondent he was in his news conference after, in his interviews after. Yeah, but that's a I defeatist think he knows attitude. That's oh, a defeatist yeah, attitude. Yeah, I know. I know. It is. It is, Loz, but that's just how I felt yeah. watching it. I, I thought he struggled. Was it the second set where he said he, he felt tired? Like really early mm. in the game. Mm. He, he yelled out or said something to the bench, I feel tired, I can't. Can't move or can't run. Yeah, he had a, his leg felt tight as well, and he got a medical timeout. Was it after the first or second set? I think it was after the first set, which he lost. Yeah. Um, and then I had my concerns. I, I thought it'd be all over very quickly, but he he hung in there. The other thing with Nick, though, you'd love to you know, work work with him, and you know, guys like Roger and that would say that he'd be very difficult to work with. But you know, like most athletes. When all is not well, you, you try not to show it, and you try not to, to carry on about it until it absolutely you you can't give any more, and then you break down, and then you put your hand up and walk off. Like he was complaining about that, and just you could see his poor body language all the way through yeah. that game. Yeah, and you just love to say to him, mate, don't show the opposition yeah. that you're injured, and if you are injured and you can't go on. You either pull out straight away or you just go at it until you can give no more and then you quit the game. Put the hand up, surrender, put the white flag out there. But I, I hate when athletes continually sort of want to show everyone that they're yeah. injured. Yeah. Well, Novak Djokovic has been... That's, that's well, why that's I, what I don't, I don't, I don't like, think he's number you, one. You know that. That, and I, I've got... I've, I, Met this guy a few times and I get on well with him and I think he's a lovely guy. But I used to hate watching Josh Dugan. Oh, Dude, yeah. 100%. Mate, every time he played the ball, <laughs> there was something and I'd be no, like, right. I'd be like, oh, go off the field, mate. If your hemi's that bad, then go off or, yeah. you know. But I used to, I, that is one guy, yeah. like I say, you know, the times I've met him, lovely guy. So Good I don't mean anything disrespectful. But yeah. when I watched him on TV, it was like every time he got tackled, he was injured. Yeah. It irked and I just, oh, your, I hated your body it. language yeah. needs to be strong in yeah. sport, I reckon. Yeah. And sometimes, well, to me, we, I think I was brought up similar. Like you don't, sh- you show, don't you give don't the opposition yeah. an inch. Like you get hit with the ball, and man, it would like. But it was like that. Like you don't rub it. 
You weren't allowed to rub it. Yeah. It was like no matter how much it hurts, well, there you, go. you with, stand there and you face that net. You do not rub it. You with know? cricketers, unless it really hurts, mate. Unless they don't, they unless don't it's broken, you. You, unless you, it's broken, yeah. you are not you. And it, mate, you get time like yeah. inside thigh, hit on the elbow. Yeah. You, it, mate, it's throbbing like you can't hold the bat. Get done on the forearm. Yeah. You can't hang on to the bat for like two or three balls, but you're like, no, don't rub it. No, I just think of my, if my old man's sitting there watching the TV, yeah. he, he's, he's, um, his words in my, you better not <laughs> yeah, don't rub, rub that young man. <laughs> well, when I was watching it yesterday, I was just thinking, certain, yeah. certain. Nick, don't, don't do that. Don't yeah. need to carry on with the injury. Yeah. Like, if it's bad enough, just put your hand up and walk away. Mm. But just, everyone knows you got the injury, mate. Everyone <laughs> knows you got the injury. <laughs> You don't have to keep confirming to everyone you got that injury. Yeah, maybe it's a little bit of like if you're getting beaten, you know, then people will, I don't know, understand a bit more yeah. or I don't know. I don't know what it was. <laughs> but I'll tell you what I was um, surprised by, John McEnroe's comments. He he, he come out and said, if, don't be surprised if this is Nick Kyrgios's last tournament, if he retires. And he mentioned obviously what happened with Ash Barty, that she retired you know, at, in a, in her prime, but it, uh, surely, look, it sounds to me uh, that John McEnroe and Nick Kyrgios certainly have a a friendship of some sort. Um, you could understand, and why. obviously relate to each other <laughs> most probably. But you wouldn't imagine John McEnroe would just make that up out of nowhere. Yeah, if Nick was to, had have won the tournament, I I. That's what I, I sort of took. From, well, that's what I took from John's comments that he's saying, mate, if he wins it, ticks that box. Don't be surprised if you see him walk yeah. away. Well, it seems as though tennis to Nick is a bit of fun. It's it's not the ultimate driver f- for him. Like from an outside. I don't even reckon in. it's fun for Nick. I reckon it's just money. It's just his job, and he feels like, well, mm. it makes me a lot of cash. I'm not going to go to work and make this much money. It doesn't even seem like he enjoys himself. When yeah. does he come out and said, "Mate, you know what? That was the best day of my life. What an I had an awesome time playing today. I've never heard him more. Or, I don't think he's ever yeah, suggested no, that with his body call. language. That's a fair call too. I reckon it's Andre Agassi. Actually, hates it, but he knows this is what he's good at. This is my, this is my payday. I'm just going to do it until I've got enough money yeah, that I'm out of it. That's here. probably right. That is probably right. He's probably made a lot of money <laughs> now that he thinks. He that, have you, know, you ever he heard him come out and say, "Geez, I enjoyed that today." I've, no. never, I've never heard him say that. No, he always looks frustrated. <laughs> Very rarely does he look happy. Hates it. I reckon he hates it. Probably right. Mm. What I do know, he did himself proud with the way he played. He, I thought he was brilliant. Oh. I thought he, and again, sometimes, sometimes you've got to put your hand up and say, I just got done on that day. I just got beaten mm. by a better opponent or, you know, he, you know, a little bit of luck might when he's, whatever it was. And I think he handled himself well after this game. He, he come out and said, "Yeah, I, you know what, I did give it my best, and I did get beaten by the better apart. Like I actually think he did handle himself he gave well his after the workout. I don't know that. Whoa. <laughs> Cu- couple, a couple of, of rackets, yeah. But I do love how much it hurt. Yeah, me too. I agree. I, it, I agree. It hurt a lot, which yeah. you don't always see yeah. from Nick. No, I and agree. that's what I'm saying. I, I think it hurt so much because I think he knows what opportunity presented itself at that tournament." Yeah, he had a massive opportunity. I wasn't, and there's a text here from Gladys. So I'm not, I'm not comparing him to Norman as such. I'm comparing that situation Norman was in at the time to the situation Nick is in now, as far as 
you know, Norman trying to get to his peak of winning the Masters and yeah. Kyrgios trying to get to his absolute nirvana of winning a, a well, Grand I know Slam. Djokovic. Nadal gets knocked out and he beats number one yeah. in the world. You you think you're three quarters of the way there, right? Mm. And and he's playing. he was playing unbelievable tennis. So are you going to get a better opportunity than that? That's probably mm. why he's kicking himself so exactly. bad. Exactly. And, and yeah, right. I hope, I hope I'm right on the text line. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that he does... Uh, you know, this does inspire him to work harder. And, uh, yeah, Rod mentions, you know, wanted to win it for his ailing mum as well. Uh, yeah, hope, I hope he does come back and compete. I, I just worry that that was, that was the big opportunity. Uh, just also on the back page of the telly today, um, exclusive Manly's chief, Manly Chiefs demand for Hasler to remain coach. Pen mightier than sword. So this meeting today between the club power brokers and Des Hasler's agent initially, George Mimas, is occurring. Then apparently Des will join the meeting at some later stage. News Corp saying here that Scott Penn has said that they're happy to extend Hasler's contract provided they have a clear succession plan. And today is the start of that discussion. So this is going to be fascinating for a bloke who's a control freak and whether he's going to agree. So they're saying, well, we'll give you basically another year, but we've got to have a plan for who's next. And I don't think Des is going to like that, but they've got to meet in the middle somewhere. Otherwise, they're not going to meet at all, Loz. No, well, he's still got a year to go, and Des won't be walking. I don't think Des will walk. I think, if anything, um, he will fulfil his end of the contract. Uh, but obviously, Manly are looking for a succession plan. They believe that Des has only got a year or two left in him and they want to see what his pathway forward is like any good business you want to see what the coach has in store and what the future looks like um i don't know whether des has got anyone in mind who we'd like to see take over and there's also been talk around des going in a director of coaching role as well so it's all to play out but this is the first step in the right direction and manly need to get it sorted sooner rather than later, I believe, because you can't have this type of stuff going on well into the off-season because it'll disrupt your off-season and then it'll hang around until the start of next year and it could be a waste of time. There could be a divide in the playing group. A lot of things can happen. So they've got to sort it as quickly as they possibly can. Well, with the footy finals fast approaching, it's time to crack open a couple of furfies with your mates and enjoy some unbelievable moments, whether it's bearing witness to a six-beer carry in a crowded pub, fitting five mates onto a three-seater sofa for the game. We're actually witnessing footy history unravelling on the screen in front of you. Unbelievable moments pair perfectly with a furfy. Grab a case to share with your mates this footy finals. Now, I saw a text here... Uh, fellas, in regards to some marlin fishing. Hey, Michael Lozmito, there is one sport that never gets talked about. My number one sport in the world, and people pay thousands of and spend big on boats. It's called marlin fishing. If you ever bring your tinny here, Michael, to Nelson Bay. Oh, love Nelson Bay. With Used the boys, there as a kid. give me a call. I'm the best on the East Coast. Ooh. Won heaps of comps. Give it a big can, one. Can catch uh, your daughter and you a marlin on the oh. same day. Uh, the legend, uh, same day, the legend Scotty, Marlin Fisho, Nelson Bay. Um, uh, Scotty look, at Nelson Bay. I've no never through, caught a marlin and I would love to. The only thing is, going out deep sea fishing, I get crook as. Right. See, I get seasick. Like, I can, I, I don't mind fishing in the bays and. 
Fuck. Nah, see, I want to do it. Pro- I don't want to do that. I don't want to just sit there and put a liner. See, you know, I, I, do it, I, I like want to do it fishing properly. with lures because you're always doing something. That's what mm. I say. To, that's where me and my old man disagree. He's a bait fisherman. He's sitting in the tinny and he'll he'll sit there all day. Nah. Waiting for a bite. I, I haven't got the patience nah, for that. I'm, I'm with you. I'm cast wine, give me another go. Cast wine, give me yeah. another go. Like, I need to be doing something. Mm. But I reckon the to catch a marlin would be an unbelievable experience. I reckon that would just absolute adrenaline rush. But I can't handle the, the seasickness. I'm crook as a dog out there, deep sea. So I don't, unless the marlin's coming into the bay, I don't know, I don't know how this is going to work. Loz, any fishing stories? I can remember going fishing with my old man, and I only went once. All right? <laughs> Must I was never allowed again. <laughs> never allowed again. Oh, they, they used to pack like, like eskies, eskies, bees, 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 yeah. bees. And what they yeah. used to do, they'd go and set the line, put the line in of the morning. Yep. So in the Murrumbidgee River. Yeah. Yeah. And then they checked them in the afternoon. <laughs> So they're not going fishing. That was their fishing. They're going drinking. They just took a line with them. That was their week. (laughs) Put put the line in. Put the line in on Sunday. Check it the following Saturday. Six or seven hours later (laughs) when they're three parts. It's a hell of a fish. You go and check the line. It's a hell of a fish. That was it. It's not really fishy. I know, but that's what they do. I'm going drinking, but you're telling the wife you're going fishing. That's what that is. Everything. Yeah. They'd have barbecues and televisions and yeah. my beer and it, mate. He mate, loves it. Everything. He'd fish every, my dad would fish every day if he could. Every so, single day. So that was day. my experience of a fisherman going fishing, you know? Yeah. He any good, you know, fishing? No, no. I've never, no patience. I'll, 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 yeah, no patience and yeah, never really done it properly, to be honest. You know, one of the best experiences of my life was catching my first barramundi. Hmm. So uh, North Queensland, actually, I was with Andrew, Andrew Simons took me, yeah. mate. That was an unbelievable feeling. But again, that wasn't deep. That was standing on the bank mm. with lures. That type of fishing, oh, bring it on! But the deep sea stuff, yeah, I, I just seasick. haven't got the guts for it. And if if you've been seasick, you know that that feeling scars you for life. Yeah, you turn green. And there's no coming back. One of my worst experiences, we were in Hawaii. I was only 17. I'd never been out on a boat, mm. you know, snorkeling. We went out. Some of the boys wanted to go snorkeling. So I said, yeah, I'll go out. Oh. Never put the gear on before. Oh. Anyhow, I couldn't go under. <laughs> couldn't go under because I just, you know, got a bit nervous. Yeah, freaking and, out. And freaking out. Yeah. So they said, well, you're going to stay on the boat. Oh. So I stayed Worse on the boat. on the boat. Mate. Yeah, you better dive <laughs> oh, in. Oh, mate. Well, I had to keep jumping in yeah. and out because yeah. I kept getting sick and I was lying there. Yeah, because the it rocking, was after yeah. a big night and oh, I was just oh, sick mate. as. And we were out there for, it felt like forever. Felt mm. like all day, but it was only a half day mm. tour. So we would have been three or four hours. Mm. But that was my first and only experience of going out there. What was old mate's name from uh, Nelson's Bay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get his, I'm gonna keep his number. Scotty, I'm going to keep your number. I used to go to Nelson's Bay all the time as a kid. Mum and Dad would take us there for school holidays. So I'll keep your number, Scotty. Just find, check the weather conditions, buddy. I need, I need no wind and very little swell, and I'm in. I saw him training with Billy Dib there yesterday, getting hammered. Josh, morning to you, mate. How are you? Very well, boys. How are we going? Caught a few sharks in your time, haven't you, Joshy? Ah, mate. Caught a bit of everything, Clarky. A bit of everything. I um, actually like uh, Loz's, Loz's father's idea. That's all I like that Throw it in. That's what they do, Josh. And they just get on the cans all day. Oh, that's, that's my type of 
Uh, now, you had your little tour with Loz last week. Now, I know that you obviously you know, spent some time in Origin Camp together, but have you, being in such one-on-one close quarters with the great man, what was a, a quirk you learnt about Loz late last week, mate, when you were down south? Something I learned about Loz last week, he's, he really he doesn't um, trust other people driving. There you go. He's very, uh, he has to be in full control. I like driving, Mido. Yeah. Mm. So terrible backseat driver. Oh, bad backseat driver. Mm. I, I, I am a shocker. How do you go with the kids? I, I keep reminding people, like, if I'm in the car with them and they're a little bit over the speed limit, or I'm thinking that they are over the speed yeah. limit, I'll say, oh, this is 60 here, or this is 80 here, oh, or this is only 100. I'm, I'm a very, very bad passenger. But are you, are I you trust a safe myself driver? In a car. When you yes. drive, is it okay for you to go just no. over, or are you like no, no, no. straighty 180, yep. slow and steady? Oh, like I'm, You drive? drive. I drive, okay. but I'm not a maniac. No yeah, way okay. in the world. No, very, very um, conservative driver, yeah, okay. I would say. But I okay. enjoy driving. Yeah, okay. I enjoy driving. It's a control thing, obviously. Um, I don't know. What do you reckon, Josh? I'm not a control freak, am I? Nah, oh, I, nah, I, not, I, at all. Don't, not at all. Don't nah. take it like that. <laughs> whoa, look at you, whoa. I didn't go easy. <laughs> easy I'm not having a stinky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Yeah, that's probably the only thing. Oh, and he, and just sells a couple of porkies here and there, but hey, we, all, we all do right, you know. <laughs> You got to uh, embellish stories, though. Yeah, well, GST <laughs> yeah, but, on everything. Oh, uh, for sure. <laughs> Especially when you're retired. Actually, we had a good time touring. It was good. It was no, we did, mate. Good to good. share some stories, have a bit of a laugh. It was good. I, I will say one thing, though, though, boys. Giving him, giving him a rap. He's got all the time in the world for anyone who comes up to him. No doubt about Whether that. Yeah. Very intoxicated, not intoxicated. Yeah, he's, yeah, you're he's a lot more patient. Well, you're a lot more patient it's a nice than me. Trait to have. <laughs> uh, how's your training going, Joshy? Yeah, really good. Thanks, Clarky. Uh, yeah, as Mido says, I've, I've been doing a bit of um, uh, just a little bit of boxing with um, with Billy Dib. Uh, I've told him I only want to be on the pads, and uh, yesterday he's brought in someone, and I've gone no. Please, though, because I, I really never, ever, it's never enticed me to get in the ring. And he said, man, come in and we'll, we'll do some um, you know, some body sparring. And, mate, I'm honestly hopeless. <laughs> I didn't know if I was southpaw or normal. And he started to, like, show me. And you got this guy in front of me. He was, pretty, he was a pretty big unit, too. And I had I was honestly hopeless. But how, at the how, same time. Well, lucky you can run, pass, and tackle, buddy. You don't have to fight anyone. Yeah, exactly right, How embarrassing mate, so. is it? I've, I've been doing a bit of... I won't call it sparring because I can't lay a glove <laughs> on him with Nat Wood. Remember Natty Wood? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. He, and he's like, you know. If you just clip him once, he can't copper. He'll hit you back harder. <laughs> very, very quickly too. And you know it's coming yeah. and you can't stop it. Yeah. Trouble. Yeah. I think you've just got to have it. You got to, like, yeah. There's got to be something for you to get in the ring. There's just got to be something going on up there, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so have you met with Cameron Serraldo yet, Josh? No, I haven't, boys. Unfortunately, um, I've I've been on to George messaging him all week, like it's like his missus. But um, <laughs> no, it's um, he's obviously got the finals too, boys. You know, he's um, he, he's very ah, busy, and um, but obviously I'm saying to him, come on, mate, worry about the main the main man next year. You know what I mean? But anyway, that's all good. But uh, yeah, I haven't spoken to him yet. But um, yeah, I'm just sort of plugging away. I've got plenty of, sort of plenty of time, I suppose, and. I'm just trying to, like I said, just just get some training in, and um, you know, I suppose sort sort some other things out 
um, you know, away from footy. But at the same time, you know, even though I have had a, a fairly big break, I just want to make sure my body's fully, I suppose, rested and, and ready to go if, if I do, you know, get that call up into the um, into the train and trial role. So, um, yeah, but I'll be waiting. Let's talk about some of these finals this weekend. And we'll start with Friday night, the Panthers taking on the Eels at Penrith Stadium. Who, who do you like in this game and why, Josh? Who have you been most impressed with this season out of these two teams? Gee, it's a tough one, Loz, uh, to answer that question because, you know, they've both been great, uh, I suppose, for different reasons. You know, I, I love Penrith. They've, you know, obviously had, you know, not as not as much luck this year, I guess. Not luck, but, like, they haven't had everything their own way is probably the best way to put it. They've had, you know, their two halves out for for an extended period, uh, which is a which is tough for any team. You know, you usually see a bit of a, I suppose, lull in a team's performance if they have their two halves out. But Penrith have won some really, really big games. And I suppose it just shows where they're at as a club, culturally, you know, next man, next up man mentality and, you know, some, some young guys, you know, in Salmon coming in in the halves and, and doing a really, really good job. Uh, but then on the other hand, you've got Para, who have sort of been, you know, a bit up and down. I suppose, as usual, that is the parallel. I suppose we're, we're used to, um, you know, these last couple of years. But I really, really think they're finding their straps uh, at the right time. Um, watching Para last week, they were, they were unreal, to be honest. And I think the man who's going to win this game, if Para are going to win it for him, is going to be Dylan Brown. He's been, he's been on a different level this year. I, I really love the way he takes the line on and... I've always said, you know, he's one of my favourite defenders. You know, I, I love watching halves how to defend, and he's he's so strong and he, and never missing tackles. So between him and you know, if their forwards decide, decide to roll their sleeves up and play, I think that bully type of footy, I think it's going to be a close one. But I think Para might get him. Was all these games have great storylines, don't they? And you, you look at the two v three game Saturday night, Cronulla and the Cowboys. Chad Townsend, who I think when. You know, the Cowboys signed him. Some eyebrows were raised going, really? You're going to spend that mm. on a bloke who appears to be certainly past his best. But, Josh, could you have envisaged the impact he has had there at the Cowboys this year? Oh, definitely not, Mido. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, like everyone at the start of the year, the Cowboys, you know, last year, were they were terrible, let, let's be honest. But, you know, for him to come in and take control of that team... You can, just from footage you see and interviews um, he has, you can tell he's a leader and a lot of those Cowboys team uh, teammates, you know, are following him. And with the likes of, you know, Drinkwater and, you know, Tom Dearden this year, absolutely playing out of his skin. I just, I, lo- I actually love watching the Cowboys. They're, they play for each other. They're, they're, you know, they've got a couple of like, I suppose, superstars in there, but at the same time, they just really, really turn up um, for each other. And it's actually going to be a great team, game. I think both the teams in, you know, in the Sharks, they're exactly the same. You know, not many you know, superstars, but um, they just, you know, love to turn up for each other. And it's just going to be a, I honestly can't split these two. Um, I think Nico Hines is going to have a massive impact on the game. Um, one, one thing I will say is I don't think, you know, the, the likes of, of Royce Hunt and Brannion uh, Hueli get, you know, enough, I suppose, recognition. They've been massive for the Sharks this year. Mm. Um, you know, we speak about all the, all the big forwards and all the big names, but 
you know, go, guys like them have been rolling forward for the Sharks all year and really setting a, you know, a really good platform for their halves. Is that the reason, Josh, do you think a lot of people sort of aren't sort of highly rating these teams to take out the premiership? The fact that, you know, they've got some underrated, understated players in their outfit, but yet you look at where they finished after 25 rounds, second and third. Are we underestimating these two teams? 100% was, I think. Uh, I remember, you know, the great Des Hazard always used to say it, going under the radar is the best way to go. And I think this is this is how these two teams have done it all year. You know, even though they've got the wraps throughout the year because they play some some great footy, but they'd be loving it. You know, everyone's talking about the Paras, the Penriths, you know, and the Melbournes. But the Sharks and the Cowboys would just be sitting back, knowing what they can do, knowing what style they want to play. And I think... The way, and I think a lot of fans look at it more than it, it's. You look at a, a team sheet, Loz, and, and and you look at the big name like with Terrell Mitchell, and you're like, oh, he's going to explode tonight. Mm. He has to. But you know, last week the Roosters took care of him. So big games, you know, big players tend to stand up. But at the same time, it, it is a great opportunity for someone who isn't such a big name to step up and really, you know make a name for themselves. And, yeah, that's just the Sharks and the Cowboys to a T. Joshy, speaking of big names, what's your take on Kalen Ponga ruling himself out of the World Cup? Yeah, I, I think it's a really good thing uh, for him, uh, Clarky. It's, you know, a World Cup's a, a, a massive, um, would, be, would be a massive achievement to be a part of, to be in that Australian team. And I'm pretty sure he would have been a part of the squad. Um, but as, as captain of the Newcastle Knights and, you know, with the year... He has had with off-field um, things that have happened. It, it is, it's a big show. I think it's a show of leadership. I really do. You know, he's he could have gone over there and you know possibly won a World Cup and had a little preseason and not really worried about the Knights, I guess. But it shows that he, I suppose, he wants to be there, make up for a bit of you know, you know, bad fortune that he's had this year and, you know, lead the Knights into a hopefully better season next year, mate. So I, I think it's it's really big from him and it's a really good show to the Knights and they should be, you know, really happy that he's done that, I think. Now, Latrell Mitchell, not overly happy about being booed by the Roosters. As someone who loved probably being booed, <laughs> what, what did you, by the for Roosters fans, obviously, I should say, but... Uh, Oh, it's just part and parcel, isn't it, Josh? Uh, particularly when you, you leave one club and go to another, uh, in his case, by very much by choice, and uh, you have the recent history of what happened in the finals or leading into the finals last year with Joey Manu as well, and uh, you had the opening of a new stadium, and Clarkie reckons he's probably just put a bigger target on his back now. Yeah, yeah, I really don't get this one, to be completely honest, boys. Like, I thought someone like the troll would embrace this. Mm. I really did like the type of, you know, the type of bloke he is. He's always, you know, giving it to the crowd when he nails kicks from the sideline. And I thought it was just a bit of, bit of fun. You know, there's always a line you know, and everyone knows you can't overstep that mark, but yeah, it's just, it's any sport. Like you'd be, you're getting booed all the time. And um, I know, you know, he referred to, I suppose, Adam Goods um, being booed, but I know a couple of people, a couple of those fans in that, they, they overstepped the mark in, in a few of those occasions. But yeah, I think it's just a part of the game. And yeah, I, I totally agree with Clarkie. <laughs> I know what the, the Roosters fans will be doing as yeah. soon as he, he walks onto the field because 
you know, if it's if it's a it's if a little kid, mate, he, he's in that home and his dad's booing, like it's it's all a part of it. I just think, yeah, he's if Latrell worries about playing footy and, and doing what he does um, week in week out as he has been on fire. Um, he'll be right if he, if he gets a couple of boos. He, he can boo back if they win after the game. <laughs> How do you see this game unfolding? Because the Roosters were too good for them last Friday night and they really dominated with their line speed in defence and they, they put a target on Latrell and they limited his impact. Do you think they can limit his impact again? Oh, I didn't know what, Loz. Uh, Hargraves was was a, like a man possessed going after him. It was actually so good, so good to watch. Um I think a massive, massive loss last week was Cameron Murray early in that game. He he's sort of the linchpin in the middle of their their, their backline movements. Um, I don't necessarily think South South's back five have you know no offensive but big carries in them. So if you pin them down in that corner as the Roosters were doing and try and get them coming out of yardage, I think that's the way to beat South. But uh, Cookie's back, who will, will definitely fasten up that ruck. And Cameron Murray, uh, when, when he's back, he'll be you know make, getting some quick play of the balls for Cookie to, to play. And then that's when Cody Walker and, and Latrell can play on the front foot. Uh, but then, yeah, you've got to contain the Roosters who are, who are flying. Um, obviously, Joey Manu, a massive, massive loss. I think he's their X factor. And he is going to be missed. But then, you know, I've, I've played with Paul uh, Mommers, Momorowski. And he, every single time he plays, he does a job. You know, you watch this week, he'll be solid in defence. He'll, he's very smart. He, he reads the game and he'll definitely make sure, you know, he, he, he does his job. But I think it'll be a lot closer than last week. And I actually think the Bunnies might take it out this time. You know, they'll, they'll be filthy after last week. And as I said, I think Manu is, is a massive loss. So it'll be close, but I think the Bunnies might get this one, boys. Before you go, mate, I know you're you're a big NFL fan, aren't you? I am. What mate, you, I am. Who's your team? Uh, the Eagles. Ah, the hype train. The hype yeah. train is in What's full going on swing. There, you know? I, I can't see it. Jalen yeah. Hurts. Yeah, but everything around him looks pretty good. It does. Yeah, it does. But Probably maybe the best. I'm just trying to be be humble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, big question marks over the quarterback, but I've got them to win the NFC East. But uh, who have you got for the Super Bowl this year, Josh? You'd want to hope so. That then it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, that that uh, division is yes. Yeah, it's a division is terrible. Oh, gee, that's a that's a tough one, you know. But I, you know what? I really I I like the Chargers. I really do. Uh, Lloyd Lloyd will love that, but I don't know. I just they're my team. Loz got nine teams. Loz honestly picked the Raiders last year, ditched them after four weeks, and then they started winning again and made the playoffs. I've always been a Charger. You've got to be a Raider. (laughs) Tell me your Eagles last week, Loz. Come on, mate. You're the best. You're off, mate. I follow everyone. I follow winners, mate. Yeah, that's a good call, actually. (laughs) Well, champion, you have uh, trained well. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the footy. We'll chat next week. Cheers, boys. Thank you. Now, Clarky, can you ask Mido why there haven't been any Liverpool updates this morning? Just been no time, Baz at Ashfield, mm. but uh, they're trailing 4-1. That's why, Baz. Uh, to Napoli Four, in one. the Premier League this morning. It is now officially a bit of a crisis there at Liverpool for the start of this season. Klopp gone. Oh, please. Imagine that. Now, now, just calm down. We're not Chelsea. Chelsea sacked their manager, Thomas Tuchel, last night, by the way. Mossy coming up later this morning. It's one of the great names in sport, isn't it? Thomas Tuchel. Thomas, Thomas Tuchel. <laughs> I like Thomas Tuchel. <laughs> just, just rolls off the tongue. It does, doesn't it? With a bit of authority. 
You know, if you said it here in Australia, if someone said, what's your name? You went, Tommy Tuchel. You reckon people would say? No, they'd laugh. <laughs> they'd laugh straight <laughs> up, wouldn't they? <laughs> Who? Uh, Tommy Tuchel. Uh, Mate, surely that's not your name. Tommy. More results. Ajax beat Rangers 4-0 earlier this morning. Bayern Munich leads Inter Milan 2-0 in Italy as well. Uh, what other results we got here? Barcelona lead Pulsen. I, I, I don't know how to pronounce that club. Let's face it. But uh, it's 5-1. Barcelona are beating them. Atletico and Porto scoreless. Tottenham leads Marseille 2-0. And 81 minutes gone in that match. Uh, Jamie Rogers, very good morning to you. Good morning, guys, and good morning to all of our listeners. I just missed that last little part. I was watching a video from Ellen Hennessy, who was on board Ruby Kisses yesterday, and I just wanted to see what her thoughts were on the ride. She finished third behind Twilight Affair and Impulse Control, and Ellen says she just struggled a little bit to get into top gear and that the track was probably just a little bit too heavy for her, and she was sort of squeezed on the turn and lost momentum by the actual eventual winner. But she hit the line really well and chased them down pretty well too. So not a complete disappointment yesterday boys, but third at Canterbury. So I just wanted to have a little listen. Did you go out, JR? I didn't. I had to work last night, Loz, and I had to be in the city by five and going, I just didn't think I'd make it in time. So unfortunately, no, I had to watch You are a busy girl. Do you know, can I just tell you, (laughs) since I've come back from my swim, I actually am laughing at myself that I literally am going to the opening of an envelope (laughs) and I'm saying yes to everything that's work related. I'm going to everything because I can. So literally this week, I've been out every single night. Can I give you a rap, JR? Mm-hmm. And you know how much I, I love you. But what you obviously did on the English Channel was sensational. But your work ethic is that strong and you <laughs> go out and do things for charity and you do things for work. You're always out and about and you put others first. And I think on Are You OK Day, I'm going to ask you, are you OK? And Loz, I must say that was a very good talk at the start of the show because you're right, it is Are You OK Day and I think we need to also just make it Are You OK Day every day and just check in on all of our friends mm. and families and colleagues. And yes, Loz, I'm OK and thank you for asking. And I do like that you boys are going to ask five of your friends or family today and I think that we all need to just take a minute and just check in with people that we love and care about and just make sure that everyone is doing OK. But we should be doing that every day. Gus Wallen, who works with Gotcha for Life, always does... The the check-in Tuesday as just a reminder for everyone just to go and reach out to someone that's close to you or, or that you haven't spoken to in a while and just make sure they're okay. Now, Nick Kyrgios, JR, uh, it was a devastating defeat yesterday at Flushing Meadows. Yeah, it was. And, boys, I'm just going to play for you part of his press conference. This was right at the end. Honestly, feel I feel like shit. I feel like I've let so many people down. I just, I don't know, I just, I feel like yeah, I'm playing Tokyo and stuff, but I just like, I feel like these four tournaments are the only ones that are ever going to matter. And it's just like, you got to start it all again. And I have to wait till Australian Open. It's just devastating. Like, it's heartbreaking. Not just for me, just for everyone that I know that wants me to win. Is that not a different Nick Kyrgios? I just feel like in the past we would have seen him coming in there being like, I don't care, I hate tennis, I don't care. But he, when you watch that, he is genuinely so upset yeah. and fighting back tears and you can see that this loss is one that's really going to sting and probably because he would have known that this was his golden chance to go on 
and win a Grand Slam with Novak Djokovic, obviously not at the tournament. Rafael Nadal was knocked out. And you just wonder if perhaps his doubles campaign maybe caused a bit of an issue for him because he even said he was slow to get going in the match. He struggled with a knee issue and he did warm up and eventually get the match going. But he just seems so devastated and so disappointed. So hopefully this doesn't derail him. It just sets up another fire to ignite even better results coming forward. Yeah, it hurt him, didn't it? Hurt mm. him big time. And, yeah, we love that. Like you say, JR, I don't think we've seen that sort of reaction no. from Nick previously. So he knew. He knew the opportunity was a unique opportunity for him. That, like you say, no Djokovic, Nadal out of the tournament. Mm. And there he was, uh, you know, against people that we probably expected him to beat. Yeah. And, yeah, huge missed opportunity. But, he, you know. He had a crack. Mm. He certainly had a crack because he was he was fighting that whole match. Mm. He did, but but he did make a good point that when you look back at Grand Slams, people either remember you as the winner or the loser. I was like, oh gosh, it's so painful to listen to it. But let's just hope he comes back bigger and better than ever. Good on you, JR. I'll be back with the news at seven. We got Gowie coming up shortly, uh, and uh, Cam Smith, by the way, this week. Well, a couple of things in relation to Cam Smith. Firstly, obviously he's out of the President's Cup because he's gone to the Live Tour. He's been replaced by Aussie Cam Davis, uh, picked by Trevor Immelman in the internationals team for the President's Cup. And Smith also is in the, well, the top three nominees for the PGA Tour's Player of the Year. You'd have to say he'd be very long odds to get that, considering, of course, he's defected to the Live Tour. Uh, the other nominees are Rory McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler. I'd say Scheffler will probably get that. He's had a very, very consistent year. He won the Masters, of course. Um, but uh, he's in the top three nominees. Cam Smith, the Aussie for PGA Tour Player of the Year. Loz has yeah. just noted with uh, Cam Smith right at Sawgrass, which is basically... Gowie, morning to you, mate. Now, have you seen this story about him losing his car park? <laughs> No, I haven't, no. Yeah, so it's Sawgrass, uh, which he lives near there, doesn't he, Cam Smith, in Florida? I'm pretty sure. Two minutes away. That's where he practices. Yeah. Not anymore. Okay, so the winner of the Players' Championship gets a car park there, and it actually says their name. What do you mean, uh, a space or the whole car yeah, no, park? No, they get a space in the car park. You get the number one very space. Prestigi- oh. prestigious course. Okay. So they've taken away the sign that said Cam Smith's you know, parking He's spot. He's lost his car spot. And it just says... Reserved for tour players only. PG, reserved for PGA tour players only, or something, something similar. I reckon so. with his 140 million, he can afford a driver. He won't have to park anywhere. Uh, well, that'll be an interesting one, actually. As a PGA member, tour member, you have access to all the PGA tour courses around the country, and and that's the main one, right? It's unbelievable practice facilities. And Cam, since he went to the US, has lived in Sawgrass area, Ponte Vedra. Uh, I guess you'll find another course to practice that. Yeah. Might, might even buy one himself. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, tell us about this young Sydney golfer, Gowie, who's uh, had a win in America. Yeah, Jeffrey Guan. He's 18 years of age from the Bexley Golf Club down there uh, where he started as a junior. Uh, he's been on fire. Um, you know, Paul Davis, uh, the, the club pro down there, has been teaching him for years and he's now with Gary Barter, actually, a golf coach. But I, I did a story on this kid when he was 11 years of age. He won the club championship there against the in match play situation against the 71-year-old. I thought it was a good story. You know, the 71-year-old was, uh, he was trying to mentor this kid at 11 years of age, and then he went and beat him in the, in, uh, in the match play championships there. But he's gone on to win the junior players, TPC Sawgrass, uh, 
a junior players champs um, off the back of a really good US uh, junior event. Um, I, th- I thought it was worth a mention because this is one of the kids on the, you know, one of our superstars. He- he'll be rising in the next couple of years to turn pro and, and watch out. Good work, Effie. Good kid. Just just got it all happening. Uh, Gary, what are your President Cup picks, buddy? Yeah, well, it's all been done. So the American team's been picked and uh, I looked at the, the tab uh, you know, prices this morning and the US team was fourteen. They should be $1.04. They are way stronger. We lost, uh, obviously, a number of players to the live tour. Louis Eustace, Kemp Smith, um, Mark Leishman, uh, Joaquin Neiman. But, you know, the good news out of this, and I thought it was a fantastic pick, is Kem Davis, the Australian um, out of the Monash Golf Club in Sydney, He's just got better and better. He won the Rocket Mortgage um, event last year. But this year, in the last six, seven, eight weeks, I guess I, I kept tipping him on this show because the consistency that he showed, uh, the level of play that he showed was exceptional. And I, I thought from uh, Trevor Ingleman, this was a, a really good pick. So, um, you know, it's not the greatest team, but, you know, they'll put up a fight. And who knows, they've picked the best players in the past and they haven't really done the job. 2019, they come close, but uh, this American team just looks deep. What are we expecting from the live players in the BMW Championship field this weekend, Gowie? And mm. can you explain to me how come they're playing in this tournament? Yeah, well, back in July, uh, Poulter and a few others, Harding, uh, went, went to court that you know restriction of trade that they still should be playing. Uh, and they were granted uh, that they could play. Uh, it goes in February, it goes in front of the High Court to whether they will be allowed to play the live players on the DP World Tour. Currently on the US Tour, you cannot. You're suspended. It will, it's in court until 2024. So, uh, But it's an interesting one this week. It's handbags at 20 paces. Uh, it's really heated up between the players. Um, you know, McElroy leading it from the PGA Tour side and Garcia and Westwood leading it from, uh, definitely from the Live Tour players. Now, there's 17 players from the Live Tour that are playing. There's about five or six that would not normally play on that tour, but they've got exemptions inside the top 50 players or the top 100 players, sorry, of the world ranking. So they get a start. So they've, they're booked into play. They're taking spots from the European players that play week in, week out. So that's what McElroy's filthy at. Um, he was asked, quite funny, actually, he was asking that, in a presser yesterday, he said, what happens if you come down the stretch against a live player? You know, it's head-to-head. Uh, you know, will there be any more incentives? He said, I'll be feeling pretty confident because they only play 54 holes there. We'll be playing 72. So um, I thought that was a pretty good, smart comment from him. So, But Billy Horschel, the American, he's really been vocal and attacking the live players whilst they're there. So... Uh, more could play out during the week, but uh, yeah, it will be actually worth watching. Take us inside, you know, the, the, the dressing shed or the you know the locker room when these blokes walk in there. Do they like segregate them at all and say, "Mate, live to a blokes, you were over there," and you know, the PGA boys are over here, or they just mix and nah, just don't, feel don't. uncomfortable in that environment? Yeah, it'll be uncomfortable. It wasn't, uh, you know. A couple of months ago when uh, they could play some of the live players on the European Tour, it wasn't uncomfortable. But now it's got personal. It got on social media. Uh, it's got really, really narky. They'll be all in the same locker room, but they stopped any of the live players playing in the Pro-Am the day before. They've stopped them to any of the functions. 
practice. So they've restricted them as much as they can uh, other than allowing them to use the practice fairway, the locker room, the, the lunch room and stuff like that. that. They can still do that. But it has got quite narky. The guy to follow on Instagram is Eddie Pepperell, who's the funniest guy on tour and quite sarcastic. And he's been uh, quite vocal too. So go on to Twitter, follow him. He gets drunk a lot of the time and, and tweets out, but it's very, very funny. So it'll be interesting to see who... Um, who plays well out of that? Who takes the pressure? Martin Keimer, who went to the Live Tour, he's chosen not to play this week because he doesn't want, um, you know, to put up with that type of atmosphere of, you know, and hostility that that, that possibly will be there because they're all his friends. He's, he's played Ryder Cup, uh, you know, with a lot of these players, so he, he just doesn't want to get into the uh, the arguments. What, what about the fans that turn up, Gowie? How will they react knowing that they've got the Live Tour players on there, or some of them, and um, then you have got the others? Well, I think that's the most interesting part that's been left out of all of this is what the fans think um, because they're getting quite divided. They're, they're actually following the players that they like the best. So McElroy's got, obviously got a big following, so he's got a lot on his side. And then you've got the old, the old guys like Westwood and Poulter who've got quite a following also. So that will be the interesting one. It's at Wentworth. It's quite a historic place. It's the, the home of Seve Ballesteros where he played well and and the Tony Jacklins of the world, uh, you know, it's quite, this is the big event. The BMW at Wentworth is massive. It's sold out. It's been sold out for weeks. I don't know whether that's because of this or um, whether it's just the event itself, but uh, it'll be worth watching. I think we're going to get a lot of grabs from it, that's for sure. Okay, so who are you tipping again in this? Yeah, uh, I've got John, John Ray, 850. I yep. know it's not a price, but I think he's the one that's probably handling this the best out of all of them. Uh, he, he's handling it really, really well. And Patrick Reed, who's from the Live Tour, I just think he's such a little prick that he'll um, <laughs> he, he'll just fire up because just for the sake of it, we've seen him do it at the uh, you know, Ryder Cups and places like that where everyone hates him. Um, he's just got that in him. He, the, the more that they... Yeah, they have a go at him, the better he gets. So, and he's been playing nicely on the big tour, but once again, he's only been playing 54 holes. Okay, John Rahm, $8.50. Gowie's tip for the BMW PGA Championship and his roughy Patrick Reed $41 with Tab. Uh, just a couple of texts here. Uh, they'll be separated easily. Live blokes will be drinking Mowat and Chandon and the PGA blokes Passion Pop, says Cowboy from Powell. <laughs> uh, hey, boys, have a read what TPC Sawgrass thinks of Cameron Smith. They've taken all the photos down of his win that hang in the clubhouse as well as cancelling his honorary membership. Certainly much more than a car park space, says Matt. So <laughs> twisting the knife in there, Gowie. It's all happening. Thank you so much. Have a good week. And uh, your eels, how confident? Uh, fairly confident we've beat. Well, they've beaten uh, Penrith twice, but hey, Penrith are the best, aren't they? So uh, a lot to lot to go from last week with Para. I was at the game; it was fantastic. So, but Para's in the finals, which is even better. And top four. Enjoy, Gowie. Thank you. Thanks, fellas. Get into Totally Workwear Rydalmere for all your workwear gear. We stock the biggest brands like King G, Hard Jacket, FXD, and Steel Blue. Make sure you check out the new Fuse Workwear by King G. It's a must see. Does your business workwear branding need to freshen up? Darren and the team will get you sorted. Darren and the team will be in here this morning. Yes, they are coming. They are coming in our studio. So I'm hoping we've got some surprises for Darren and the team. Maybe a cake or something like that as well. A cake? Some biscuits, some cakes. What for? Why cake? Morning tea. Surprise them.
Let's surprise them. What? I don't know, mate. All right. A cake. It's his show. Is it someone's birthday? But. <laughs> totally work where right on me. We've got sausage rolls and pies. <laughs> it's open until 7 p.m. every weekday. Totally work where right on me. 279 Victoria Road, opposite Bunnings and Maccas. First to open and last to close. We've got you covered. So Darren and the team will be here very, very soon. Was a conglomeration of Jack Gibson and Tommy Radonikus in here earlier? I mean, seriously, the, the bloke who just walked in here, he was shadow boxing. Yeah, he's buzzing, isn't he? How much shadow boxing? Yeah, I feel like I need Steady. like a. I feel like I need a Red Bull or something to keep up, with, same, to keep up with him. Yeah, I'm flat he, he, compared to Block. I mean, up. he's always on, but nah, he is up. on he's this morning. Stuff Blocker today, is coming up after the 7 o'clock news. Adam Pengilly is coming up right now. Morning, mate. How are you? Good morning, boys. Too early for cake, was. We need to wait a bit later in yeah, the morning. Yeah, where's the cake come from? I don't know. Well, what... I want to give our guests something. Yeah, but... Offer them something. Cake? Yeah, we, we, only have, someone we only have cake in you when it's someone's birthday. Why don't you put them onto your fruit timetable? Oh, you give them your apple at 7.30am. <laughs> <laughs> Look at them sitting over there. You not are. To, you're not allowed to eat it, though, until 7.30. But what you're if you're hungry now? No, no. you've got to wait. You, you should wait. see it's here on schedule. in the studio. His apple and banana, Adam, <laughs> is on schedule. He's got it sitting <laughs> over there. Does he, does he have a whiteboard clock here next to Mate, it's, up, mate it's, like, it's like he's on no food for a certain amount of time, and then right on that time, 7.30. 30 clicks over. Okay, it's eating time. <laughs> Look, looks like we're going to have the sixth runner locked away for the Tab Everest. Uh, and, well, you could probably say seventh if you include classic legend as well, Adam. Yeah, the field's starting to take shape, Jared. Snap dance is likely to be uh, snapped up, if I can excuse the pun, uh, in the next 24 to 48 hours, which is probably a... I suppose it's a logical move. It's a mare in form, obviously, winning the Memsey Stakes there last start, and we're going to need some other horses to fill the rest of these field as I've been banging on about for the last couple of weeks. So uh, I'd imagine that she's still got a fair bit of progression left in her this campaign. I suppose the one question mark when you look at her form is just whether how, how good she is at 1,200 metres against these really sharp Group 1 horses. I know she, her record at 1,200 metres is not too bad, but just have a look at her form card. A lot of those races have been sort of what I'd like to classify as maybe second-tier races against sort of mares or restricted company. I know she won the Stank Star, which is a Group 1 down there in Adelaide, uh, earlier this year at 1,200 metres, but that's just the mayor's field against probably the second sort of tier of mayors. So, yeah, that's a big question mark. And I suppose the other thing we probably need to talk about, Jared, is, is, is the wet track, potential of a wet track. I know everyone's predicting a, a very, very wet spring at the moment. Uh, whether we get rain in the lead up to the Everest or not, I'm not too sure. But she hasn't seen a wet, a heavy track in her career at all, I don't think, under race conditions. So that's a bit of a question mark as well. But she's a mare in form. Uh, we need other horses to take on these, you know, big guns like Nature Strip and Eduardo and these types of horses, and no doubt she'll make her presence felt as an on-speed horse. What about the run to the Rose this weekend? Best of Bordeaux, $3.40 favourite. Um, Sir Jarden, Fireburn. Good race, isn't Good it? Good race. Yeah, fantastic race, Loz. And I'm struggling to get my head around this market, sort of gravitating towards Best of Bordeaux. I know things didn't quite go to plan there at the start, uh, first up in the San Domenico, but I'll tell you what, $3.40 looks... She's a little skinny to me, to my eye, at this stage. Um, I'd be more than happy to play around him. I think the jury's still out of him where he's come back as a, as a really top three-year-old Colt. I don't want to sort of completely pen him off one run, but uh, it's all about price in this game, isn't it? I think $3.40 is a little bit too skinny at the moment. Gary Portelli is very bullish about the chance of Sajardin and Five, but in particular Sajardin, who I think probably had it all written all over him as a, as a really nice spring three-year-old. So I wouldn't be afraid to back him at the each-way price. And now he's got those horses coming through to San Domenico with Natuno. Uh, Prometo as well. The one horse I do want to give a quick mention to is political debate. Um, he was great as a two-year-old in Brisbane, a late maturing two-year-old, Chris Waller, just typical of his stable. And 
I don't think he'd probably win this race at 200 metres. I might be a little bit too sharp for him, but getting for, he'll, he'll, he'll look good for better over further, I'd say, later in the campaign, whether Chris is aiming at a race like the Caulfield Guineas or maybe a spring champion or Derby. I'm not too sure yet, but watching for him to hit the line very hard late in the piece in the run to the Rose. Mm, I think I'm a Swiss exile fan in that race. Uh, now, uh, tell us about this greyhound owner. What he's been hurt by the lure? What a bizarre story, Jared. Um, down there at Angle Park there in the trials on, on Tuesday night, he was collected by the lure with really bad leg and facial injuries, had to be rushed to hospital. So they had to cancel the trial session there on Tuesday night. Just a completely out of this out of left field story. Really, really sad news. So I think uh, some more reports, hopefully he's going to be okay. But they're going to proceed with the, the Derby and Oaks meeting at Angle Park tonight. But obviously a mechanical failure there and it's had some really serious consequences. Thank you, mate. Looking forward to getting your Saturday mail tomorrow. Hey, boys. Have a good day.